Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to From Doll Square to Where with me and Chappers. How are you, Chappers? Hi, hi. How you doing? All right. All right, matey. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just uh, reeling from finding out about the stream that I did just now with the Arsene Wenger interview not having any sound, which I am completely baffled by. Um, yeah. It's a real shame, but I'm going to see whether I can do something with it. <laughs> but that's all right. I mean, you know, I, I, I assume that you, you managed to, to get a good listen to it as well, did you? Yeah, I mean, what a what a guy. He, I mean, you can't help just feeling really sorry for him. I, I don't know, he's just, I think he's just lost, uh, I don't know, it's just like he's lost part of himself, having what? um not left the club. I mean, he's not, he lost his, uh, not only did, you know, the Arsenal relationship end literally like that, Yeah. but he also lost his brother and his sister within six months of each other as well. Oh really? Yeah. Was that was that straight after the Arsenal uh, when he left Arsenal as well? Well, I don't, I don't know. He didn't give an exact time schedule, right. but um, it's since he left. So um, you can't help but feel really sorry for the guy. Um, well, certainly within the last couple of years, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's still you know a very a very small time frame for for a lot of those. Because I mean, you know, obviously. People have jobs. They 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 go into jobs. They come out of jobs. But um, with him, you know, being in the job so long, uh, and and being so connected to it as well, one expects that you know that that's really almost like a triple kind of triple grief, isn't it? You know, um, one would imagine that he was yeah in a pretty pretty bad place at that point. Yeah, absolutely, he must have been. And um, but yeah, anyone that. Uh... You know, tuned in to to watch that live stream. I can only sincerely apologise. I don't know why the sound wasn't coming through. It was loud and clear on my end. I had the uh, speaker set up and everything, and uh, I will try and um, see if I can get it 
re-uploaded as best I possibly can. So you have to leave it with me, and I do apologise for anyone that uh, that couldn't hear anything. But we're here so. What, today. what was your what was your takeaway from that then, Andrew? I mean, you know, what did you um, what would you say that you kind of perhaps didn't know about Wenger before that um, you you kind of learnt? Well, the main thing that I got out of it today was that the when we um, had moved into the new stadium, the banks actually set our uh, financial fair play for us oh, right. because of the loans and and all that and repaying the 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 obviously the debt that we accrued, and uh, we could not have more than fifty percent of our income. Uh, going out to wages. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and this is why um, this is, I guess, this is partly why Project Youth came about, is it? Or yeah, it's why we uh, went into that frugal period uh, of mm. Arsene Wenger's tenure, and yeah. you know, I didn't, I had no idea about that, and that it was before financial fair play actually came in, you know, uh, full t- for everyone. So we were uh, very restricted on the amount of wages we could pay out and uh, hence why we had to make a lot of sales. And uh, we went from selling, as he said, uh, 30-something players to yeah. 23, 24-year-old players. And he yeah. had to um, wow. work, work with that and on, on much you know, lesser wages than everyone else in the league could pay. Well, I mean, a couple of really, really quite high-profile, high well, a few really, really high-profile high transfers within that as well, wasn't there? And uh, um, yeah. actually, uh, it's it's a funny thing because I, I think Arsenal, for quite a long time, weren't they? Were, they were lauded for the, the fact that they had like a, a very definitive wage structure um, mm. and they wouldn't kind of um, break that wage structure you know, for uh, any particular player. And I think actually when that would have, well, that would have been when maybe Ozil signed or when Sanchez signed perhaps, that actually there were signs that, all right, okay, all, all of a sudden actually that structure doesn't really exist anymore. Um, so, but uh, <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because, I, you know, like I said, they were lauded for having this, this, uh, this wage structure. But actually, as it turns out, you know they were their hands were tied and they weren't able to actually uh, uh, pay a, a, a you know a large a large wage to, a, to to any kind of player. So mm. yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, it certainly was. And uh, yeah, I mean another thing was um, you know that after a defeat, I mean this this is this has been in both of the interviews. Uh, after a defeat, he uh, would regularly throw up. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, which is mad. Um, he also said that um, about uh, interesting things about how uh, he likes all his footballers to be able to play basketball as well because of the, oh, the, really? the body movement and the way it, it gets your uh, yeah you, you're positioning your upper strength, your your jumping, your coordination. And he said a lot of the stupid hand the actual words he said, a lot of the stupid handballs you get nowadays is because yeah. people can't jump in a coordinated way. Yeah. yeah. Um and they're just uh, you know, they're just all over the place. So he said that if if everyone could play basketball then you'd have <laughs> you know, words to the effect of if everyone could play basketball, you wouldn't have anywhere near the amount of uh, handballs that you get nowadays as well. And um 
he said you can learn from rugby in the way that uh, in rugby, if you don't perform as a team, you're dead. Um, whereby in lots of football teams, they play uh, in a lot more ind- individualistic way. So he said you can, you know, football teams can learn an awful lot from rugby as well, which is quite yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I, I saw I, I saw a picture of Marcus Rashford with a rugby ball actually uh, in the newspaper the other day. So uh, yeah, perhaps they've they've been uh, integrating that within the England training. Who knows? I believe. Do you care? No, I have no interest whatsoever. <laughs> oh, Denmark, isn't it? I think I was going to say it's I don't yeah, even know are playing, yeah. but yeah, no, no, not interested in the slightest, unfortunately. <laughs> but. Um, I mean, I suppose you know the likes of you've got the likes of Ainsley and you've got the likes of Bukayo Saka. Uh, are they they're in the squad, aren't they? they yeah, well, Bukayo Saka wasn't even on the bench in the last game. Uh, no, against, I know uh, Belgium. I don't know who the squad is today, who's playing or whatever. I don't I haven't mm. looked. Too perfectly honest. But yeah, he mentioned about um, Mesa Özil as well, and. Um, said that, you know, it's a complete waste, that he would still have an awful lot to offer the team. Yeah. And um, doesn't know what's going on uh, as to why he's not playing, but he said it's uh, it's a shame and it's a big waste of his talent. But he's not. Um, he's- I, you know what? I'm not, you know, <laughs> it it is a conversation that not only you and I have had many, many times, but uh, oh, we've yeah. also had with several other Arsenal fans, and it's happened on several other podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Boring as hell. But, um. <laughs> but uh, I mean, where do we go from here, man? Where do we go? He's not going to play for Arsenal again, is he? Let's face it. Um, but he did say, he pointed out, that you can't ever say he's not going to play again because in the... 2016-2017 season, uh, Pierre Mertesacker played in the FA Cup final yeah. to make his first appearance of that season. He hadn't played at all. He says so yeah. he can't can't rule it out. But I don't I don't think he's going to be named in the uh, Premier League squad. Personally, no, I can't see it happening either. Unfortunately, um, I mean I don't know. It's I just what I want the whole circus to go away. Um, mm. I was actually reminded just um, the other day by uh, a video of, I mean, look, they always pick the best bits, don't they? But a video of Erzul, um, uh, and I think Erzul retweeted it as well, Erzul uh, under, under Arteta. And, you know, they showed him, actually, well, I mean, not maybe not at, at his best, but certainly, you know, as a useful component of the, of, of the team. But, I mean... <sighs> I think, uh, and I, you know, this is a criticism that has been levelled many, many times. I think that you know the way that Arteta plays um, is not conducive to the way that Özil likes to play. And you know, it's again about that thing where you're talking about the team. And you know, if you don't play as a team in rugby, then you fucked. You know, but uh, I think the long and the short of that is that you know Arteta's team. Arteta wants them to play as a team and, and Ozil does not really contribute enough. Well, this is just my take, but Ozil doesn't really contribute enough to to be able to justify his selection in the team, I suppose. Yeah. You know, certainly not defensively anyway. No, no, exactly. He, he certainly doesn't fit this type of football that we're playing at the moment. And I know that it's not the sort of, uh, you know... 
way that Mikel Arteta ideally wants to play uh, at the moment. But hopefully we'll see that start to change over the next few games uh, after the arrival of Thomas Partey. But I can't can't see him playing against Man City, though, personally. I don't know about yourself, but... um, He's not even met his teammates yet, or I think you know he's been away. With, he yeah. went immediately from Spain to to play with Ghana, didn't he? And um, did you see the picture? Of, did you see the picture of him with the uh, with the Arsenal shirt on his back? Uh, sorry, it, so it was a picture of him behind from behind, and it had it had his, so his number and Thomas written on the back, and, yeah. uh, and then he was wrapped. So just on his bottoms. He was wrapped uh, on the sorry on his bottom half. He was <laughs> his bottoms. He does. He had. <laughs> he has just the one bottom. I'm pretty sure. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, on his uh, bottom half, he's just wrapped in a Ghanaian flag, like a like a skirt or a, or a uh, what do you call it, a sarong or something. A sarong, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and it was just like oh, just like that little reminder. Oh yeah, he, he's he's coming. He's he's on the way. Uh, I saw uh, I saw that little press conference that he gave where uh, he sort of met some journalists and stuff like that. He just he actually seems really really lovely. He really seems quite yeah quite a lovely chap. You know, yeah. he was very he was very softly spoken. Um, and there were you know there were some. There were some questions which I'm not entirely certain that he had uh, either, either had the entire grasp of what they wanted to know or, or just wasn't actually keen on revealing, you know, what it was they wanted to know. But he, yeah, he seemed very mellow and, and yeah, very laid back. Took it, took it very much in his stride. And uh, the thing that I that really shone out to me, where he was, where he said, "There's no pressure. <laughs> There's no pressure. Yeah. I don't feel any pressure." And I thought, well. If, if you know, having just you know, having just been a player whose release clause has been met for a not an unsubstantial sum, uh, in you know, pros- possibly one of the biggest dramas of the transfer window, for him to come back with something like that is is quite it's quite nice uh, and and reassuring, I think. Uh, he says, you know, I'm a midfielder. I play in the midfield. Everyone knows that that's where I play. But I'll play anywhere as long as I'm helping out the team. Um, he said all the right things for me. He's um, oh, what was I going to say here? Uh, no, I've, it's completely gone. It's completely gone. But yes, he said all the right things for me. No, yeah, uh, he, absolutely. I'm very excited about. Oh yeah, so I'm very excited about him being in the team. I'm not sure that he's going to be in versus Man City. I think there'll probably be a bit of a meltdown on Twitter. All of these things, but. Well, we, we have to wait and see. He says he's ready, but it's up to the manager, isn't it? Yeah, well, this is the benefit of buying a 27-year-old, you know, with uh, a lot of experience under his belt. And he's only in the, the midst of his prime, you know. It's, I think it's, a, it's an ideal age for someone to come in and make that instant transformation that we're all hoping for and confident of. So, um, you know, you can't beat that, really, can you? You can't beat that buying a ready-made player who you, you know and you're comfortable and you're confident in dropping him straight into the team. But uh, I, I think it might be a game too early for him, though, personally, at the weekend. Um, might be surprised. Might be, he might be on the know, bench. He might, might be, be on, on the bench. bench. And might be on the bench, but he, he's not going to have had any training sessions, really, no. at all. He's not going to have met the everyone around the club and his teammates and uh yeah it's just a bit a bit much to ask i think apparently he has game. met apparently he has met uh 
he certainly mentioned that he'd spoken to Lacazette and Aubameyang. Um, yeah. I don't know if that was in person or, or they said they did say something about him meeting his teammates. Um, but uh, so uh, he has at least spoken to Lacazette and Aubameyang. That's that's what I know. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised that we would get Sabios uh, and Shaka in the midfield, perhaps also Bios and El Nani in the midfield just for this match. Um, KDB is a doubt from what I hear. Um, yeah, he went off against England, didn't he? Um, yeah. Um, Jesus, I think, is a doubt. And obviously they haven't got um, Aguero too. No, exactly. I know. So yeah. it's, it's just pretty pretty decent as far as that's concerned. I just hope, I'm just going to actually have a quick look whilst we are live on air to yeah. see if there's an update on Kieran Tierney as well. Oh, um, God. Yeah, that's going on. That, that is dragging on a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Well, let's... Um, see if there's any news um, on the Arsenal website um, bu -bu -bu party, party. there's loads of Thomas party um, videos I haven't actually seen yet I don't know if they came on today well it's it's uh, yeah well that's that's some viewing for perhaps afterwards then um, what was I gonna say oh yes yeah, so Thomas party did you know that his nickname is the octopus, apparently. I didn't. No, no. What did you say? The reason why? Why is he <laughs> called the octopus? Well, I don't know. I mean, he he had been asked about it, and uh, apparently he said it was it's because he's always stealing the ball. But I can't think of that many octopuses that I know that are that particularly adept at stealing balls. I mean, they'd be pretty no. good, wouldn't they? Because they've got those suckers on the end of the tentacles. So, well, they'd be good at dribbling, wouldn't they? They wouldn't lose the ball. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. But, you know, I don't, one would imagine that if they, they steal the ball, it sticks to the tentacle, they whip it away, pass it, make it, make a ping's a nice, a nice pass across <laughs> the field to, uh, to the, you know, to the wing back or the winger sort of running onto it. Beautiful, yeah. Um, oh, so he so also does apparently have a uh, an octopus tattoo on his shoulder too. So I, I want to see a bit of that. I want to see a bit of that octopus action. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, well, there um, you go, then. Yeah, definitely. Maybe, I don't know. I got, I, it's a bit of a strange... Not the kind of octopus action you get with Led Zeppelin, mind. I can't, <laughs> I can't see it catching on, though. Can you, really? What's uh, that, mate? No. <laughs> calling him the octopus. Um I'm just looking on the team news. The Emil Smith Rowe back in full training, so that's great. Emil Smith um, who? Sorry? Emil Smith Rowe. Oh, is this a play? Is this a player, an Arsenal player, Andrew? <laughs> you're is this an aware Arsenal player that you quite like? You're aware of him. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I am aware of his work. Um, <laughs> Scodran Mustafi now integrating into first team training sessions. Yes, I did. Uh, Martinelli. Uh, continuing daily strengthening and recovery program at London Colney, aiming to return to full training by the end of the calendar year. That's not changed. Um, Pablo Marie looking to be back in full training in two weeks, within oh, the next two news. weeks. Good news because we haven't got enough centre backs, have we? So, and Callum Chambers aiming to be back in full training with the squad after the October international break. Aha, good. Now, well, I think that, that's, that's good, isn't it? That's it. There's, there's there's nothing on Kieran Tierney. 
No, I mean it's yeah. We've been very much in the dark about nothing. All that. No, I can't see any news at all. Uh, what do you think? What, what, what's what's your opinion? Do you think my that opinion is that I, I, I honestly think that they haven't got a leg to stand on to stop him playing because he's continuously testing negative. Yeah. So I know that the the Scottish league have got certain rules, but once he's released from Scotland, which I. Last I heard, we were looking at bringing him back early. Yeah. We were sending a car up there, I heard. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Odell um, Wingy style. Exactly, yeah. Um, oh, no. I was just looking on the Ask blog website as well, but the last update and Tierney was six days ago. So, yeah, the last I heard, we were sending a car up to bring him back. Yeah. And um, when... we The... the Premier League has got completely different rules than Scotland. Mm. And um, I just can't see what leg they'll have to stand on to stop him from playing if he's uh, had so many negative tests. So, personally, I can't see a problem with him playing. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is Arsenal. I, I can't yeah, stay um, while I can stop him. This is Arsenal we're talking about here, though. You know, and uh, any, anything that uh, anyone can do to give us an unfair advantage because... Obviously, everyone's out to get us. <laughs> we're a bit. We're, we seem to have a bit more, you know, uh, cojones nowadays, though, as a club. You know, um, we yes, seem uh, to be uh, a bit more ruthless, don't we? Well, I think the Partey was uh, um, transfer deal was a very, yeah, a very good example of that. Really, in that they, you couldn't, you couldn't imagine. Arsenal doing being that kind of uh, no, having no, that no. kind of cheek, I suppose, to, to just go. Uh, uh, well, we've nego- tried to negotiate with you all summer. Uh, you know, you know, we want the player. There's you're saying no. Okay, well, let's just activate the release clause, not tell anyone. Yeah. And um, yeah, well, I mean, I think fair enough. Personally, they they, they had been negotiating all summer. They they made several. Several different offers, haven't they? You know, in several different forms, including player swaps and um, and, and cash offers and all the rest of it. <laughs> and so, I lo- you know, I think that eventually um, Atletico had perhaps forgotten that they had a release clause and that that could be activated at any time because they were pretty certain that Arsenal weren't going to trigger it. So, I, you know, I'm all in support of it. Apparently, we can't ever do business with Atletico ever again. Um, but, I, you know, I've heard that one before. They might want to buy Torreira next year. So, Well, they, 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 that's an interesting thing as well. I've just been uh, sort of having a look at some of the Arsenal news as well. And mm-hmm. um, you said that Edu performed a masterstroke for next summer's signings and the money that we can have towards rebuilding the squad again next summer. And uh, he specifically didn't put uh, a buy clause into the loan deal for Torreira and Guendouzi. Because he uh, he said that he's, he's basically very confident that they're going to do well this season. And knows that um, by putting a clause in now, he'll be underselling the players. So he's basically done a sort of little gamble that we they're going to have good seasons and we, we can get more money from them elsewhere uh, next summer. So I think it makes sense, really. 
I think Torreira is going to do really, really well at Atletico. And I think Simeone thought that as well, because he thought yeah. he was going to have Partey play alongside. But um, that's not happened. Um, and that's, you know, great for us. Um, but I think he does, he does fit Atletico's style of play very well, doesn't he? And he's, yeah, absolutely. He's got that tenacity and that, that aggressiveness, that aggressive style of play that, that marries quite well into, into uh, Atletico's style. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I totally agree. I'm just seeing this other story, and I, I'm just trying to get onto it now, but I'm trying to get rid of a stupid pop-up, which is really irritating. It says, um, I don't think you've heard anything about this, but I've not literally seen this until now. Jose, right. Marine, Jose Mourinho labelling Meza Ozil a coward gives Mikel Arteta something to, something to think about. Have you heard that? I have not. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that Mourinho has labelled anyone anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of his brand. is kind of on brand for him, isn't it? So, um, but uh, this is a new one upon me. Would you care to elucidate? Yeah. Um, Mikel Arteta has been receiving advice about from every Tom, Dick and Harry about how best to proceed with the Mesut Ozil situation in recent weeks. Um He's made his decision to freeze him out. Um, without, he hasn't kicked a ball this season, blah, blah, blah. Left out the Europa League squad. There's talk he can do the same in the Premier League. The latest individual to provide his thoughts on the matter is Arsene Wenger. Although the legendary Arsenal boss is perhaps better placed than most to offer an insight, he feels it's a waste for him not to play. Wenger explained to the BBC when asked what he feels about the German being outcast. Um... Firstly, because he's in the years where a player of his talent can produce the most. And it's a waste for the club as well because he's a super talent, creative talent in the final third that can create those killer passes. <clears throat> the way football is going at the moment, it's quick counter-pressing, quick transitions and everybody plays the same. He's, it's kicked out players like Ozil, although let's not forget who this guy is. A world champion who has played at Real Madrid. He's been the record player of assists, so you have to find a way to get him involved again. Wenger had a hit and miss relationship with Ozil during his time at Arsenal. Of all the Gunners managers that have come since Wenger, the Frenchman certainly got the most from Ozil, but that isn't to say the German didn't test his patience um, when he was in the starting lineup. Um, let me just quickly. Now, Tottenham boss Mourinho managed Ozil when he was at Real Madrid and experienced much of the same problems as Wenger, Emery, and Arteta. But unlike any of the aforementioned managers, Mourinho was involved in a huge spat with the German in which he called Ozil a coward. Mourinho's plan to motivate the midfielder by being hard on him backfired drastically, however, and ultimately led to Ozil leaving Real Madrid for Arsenal. Ozil wrote about the spat in his autobiography, revealing Mourinho said to him, You think two beautiful passes are enough. You think you're so good that 50% is enough. He pauses, stares at me with his dark brown eyes. I stare back, like two boxers, in a stare down before the first round. He shows no emotion, just waits for a response from me. How much I hate him right now, and I love Mourinho, actually. Ozil then reacted by taking his shirt off and throwing it at Mourinho, to which the Portuguese responded, Oh, are you giving up now? You're such a coward. What do you want? Um... 
to creep under the beautiful warm shower shampoo your hair to be alone or do you want to prove to your fellow players the fans out there and me what you can do as i continued i'm so pissed off i'd like to throw my shoes at his head i want him to stop and leave me alone you know what mazek go ahead and cry you're such a baby going to take a shower we do not need you Slowly I get up, grab my towel and walk past him without a word, without taking a look at Mourinho. It seems Arteta is both damned if he does and damned if he doesn't where Ozil is concerned and perhaps everyone at Arsenal is past the point of trying to get the best from him. I think well, when you say everyone at Arsenal, I, <laughs> that, that includes us, the fans, doesn't it? Because Well, absolutely, yeah. Grown. Yeah, I've not heard that story before. Um, no, me either. Um, I, 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 there is one thing actually that I did I did agree with, and I did think I did think well that is quite that's a fair thing for to be said really, and that was the thing about make, making sure that Ozil gets his hair nice in the shower. <laughs> yeah. I'm you glad you picked up on that little bit. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> I, you know I, I would I would be encouraging all of my players to make sure. That yeah, they, no, they definitely, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Um, so I mean. This this thing about the project, you know, um, big picture. Project big, bigger picture, yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of good stuff in there, actually. Um, I don't know what to make of it, really. I I, I don't think it's um, something that is going to go ahead in full. But I think a lot of what they're sort of projecting about helping you know the the obviously the EFL with yeah, more money yeah yeah um makes a lot of sense I I, I need to have a look a lot more into it personally but from yeah. what I've heard I don't understand why there is such a furore about it from the rest of the Premier League I know that they're going to go they're projecting going down to 18 teams yeah. um and that means that, you know, obviously a couple of the, the teams are going to lose their uh, status. But apart from that, I don't see what the major issue is. Because although the Premier League is giving away a bigger portion of the TV money and all the, the, the income. Yeah. Um, there's going to be less teams to spread the rest out amongst in the Premier League, if you know what I mean. By losing yeah. two. Yeah. So I think that that should even out quite you know quite a chunk of that missing amount um i think it's about making sure that the 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 right teams get it isn't it um i mean i've got you I know get I, 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 I get it personally that they're, they're discussing it with the top nine aren't they that well say top yeah. nine, the, the nine longest serving teams in the, the premier league because nine, yeah basically Everton, Everton got got in, involved, didn't they? And uh, it, West Ham. Yeah, was, I think it's. Is it not? Arsenal? No, I don't think it is West Ham, is it? I think um, it's Everton, Southampton, and West Ham. And Everton. Um, no, West Ham is is one. That'll be that'll Everton. be the three. Oh, okay. that, West okay. Ham, Everton, and Southampton. Um, Southampton. That's right. That's right to me. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the. Um, I mean, the point is. It, the teams that are yo-yoing or the teams that have come up and, and gone down and not come back up again, for example. Yeah. Um, I can understand, you know, teams like, you know, the, the, the top six, if you like, not mm -hmm. wanting a team 
like a Hull City or a Swansea making their decisions for them as well, you know, in, in the respect of having the equal say in things when they it are... It is an interesting take. Yeah. Hmm. I, I see, I, I mean, go on. No, I, I, I see what their, their point is as far as that's concerned, personally. Yeah. And I, I don't think they should have as big a say as clubs like Man United when they are voting on things, personally. Sure. Um, but I, I think, for for me, do you not think that you know? It, right, maybe with the maybe with the exception of perhaps West Ham, uh, and who and Southampton. The of course the other thing is is that those clubs, those big six clubs, top six clubs, essentially, or top eight clubs, whatever whatever you want to call them, are. They are the wealthiest as well, and that's the argument. Is is well, is it is it to do with capitalism or is it to do with sport? Well, the whole point of, I mean, whole you, point you, of it, it being that you have to get you know, rewarded though for your performance, though, don't you? In yeah, sure, sure. I, 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 the I, best I uh, they're the richest because they have got to a certain place because of their performances on the pitch. I understand that, but I, I think also that um, when you look at how football has grown since the in, in invention of the Premier League, and you look at how much money has been involved and how actually it's it's more about entertainment than it is about uh, sport these days. Let's face it. Um, whether whether you like that or not, that I think that it's a, that's a fact. Uh, and I think when you look at it that way, the I, I feel I just feel it's a little unfair for clubs that maybe don't have quite so much money uh, to to not have the, the same input that those those ones do, those ones that do, because what what's going to happen? Is those clubs are only gonna uh, sorry the bigger clubs are only gonna get bigger and and, and gain more power uh, as as if that model kind of presses on. Do you see well, what I mean? But the, the the Premier League TV deal is one of the fairest out there for its league. Yeah. When you look at the the Spanish TV deal, it's. I think it's seventy-five uh, percent or something go to Real Madrid and Barcelona, and the and the really? rest of the team. Yeah, yeah, Jeez. exactly. They. I, I don't. Think, all... well, that's not fair, is it? <laughs> I don't well, know. No, exactly. Fair. This is what I mean. It's the Premier League TV deal is very, very fair at the moment. Um, but I suppose, that, like I say, all I can say that, that I do understand their point of view that they don't want a club like. Norwich or you know that came up and went immediately back down again to have the same voting rights as a team that's you know permanently in in the top four because it well you know what I mean uh, you know <laughs> permanently right up uh, right at the top you know yeah I'm with you. I, I I can see their point of view because they're a permanent fixture in the league and the other teams yeah. aren't. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one, but 
as long I mean the the main just worry I've got is this Europe Euro sorry European Super, Super League. League which I don't mm. want anywhere near I don't want us to be in anywhere near that you know I don't think anyone wants it do they I, I genuinely I, I genuinely think that I think most fans even the fans of the top clubs such as Arsenal and Chelsea and Man United Man City Liverpool all of these teams I I genuinely don't think that 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 there is a huge desire from that from from the average football fan um whether they're actually whether they're supporters of uh, a big club or not, I think that there is. I don't think there is enough desire to have a European Super League. Um, oh, well, not from the fans, no. Um, but but the, uh, when you look at the, uh, for, uh, isn't it? And I think yeah, absolutely. But the American owners who are behind, you know, this project, big picture of um, mm. of uh, United and Liverpool. They they won't care about things like that, you know. That that's the whole point about this. Is if it goes down that sort of route, you know, I'm concerned that you know our our American owners could could, could get sort of picked up in in this kind of uh, melee as well and start thinking, oh well, mm-hmm. maybe. Because you know what I found out today as well, which I'm, I'm shocked at, absolutely shocked at. It's very easy to, to just leave the Premier League. Apparently, if you give your notice to leave the Premier League before the end of the calendar year, like December, yeah, you can leave at the end of that same season. So, so a breakaway, really? a breakaway could happen almost immediately. <laughs> Seriously, like yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's mad. I, 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 I found that really hard to. To swallow, but it's 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 fact. Uh, it was on the um, Ornstein nuts, and Chapman podcast. Yeah, it's not. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, the, the other the, the other Chapman. Yeah, exactly. The the lesser known one. <laughs> yeah. So I, well, I found that, I, I very, that. Very, very odd. A bit scary, isn't it? Because if mm. if for some reason they all decide behind closed doors and, and you know in some sort of weird cloaking dagger sort of uh, skull and bones kind of way that they're going to do this thing uh, and it's all very clandestine that could just happen couldn't it that could now, just what, could happen. They, what, what literally could the fans do about it if they did something like that you know you just have to put, put up with it wouldn't you i mean there's nothing you could do Nothing. So, but I mean, logistically, I, I don't. Again, I don't know that there is. And when you think about travel and things like that, if there were, if they had a European Super League, it would eventually it would, it would be a different game. I mean, it's it's alienate. The game is alienating enough for the fans as it is anyway. With, with regards to the amount of money that it costs, the average match day. Uh, sorry, the average average match goer to to go and see to go to a match day. Um, I you know well, it will just continue to alienate uh, the the fans, and uh, it will ultimately become much in the same way that opera is like a you know like a form of high culture, which is not the game that football is. It's a working class. It's a game that, that derived from the working class and, you know, is largely enjoyed by the working class as well. Um, well so, you know, I know I'm getting a little bit on the political bit here. No, but. no, well, you know, the worrying thing, though, about what's going on at the moment with this lockdown 
is the fact that the owners of all Premier League clubs are finding out that it's possible to continue running their teams without fans in the stadium. They are seeing at the moment that although that it's the atmosphere is not the same, obviously, clearly, there's no atmosphere at all in the ground. And although that they are obviously down some money, they are probably seeing that we can still cope. And they're probably seeing also that they can cut all their costs. And they're probably yeah. also seeing that they're still able to provide a, a, a product to give to the, the masses around the world. And, and it's very easy to move to a pay-per-view type or streaming service whereby fans from all around the world will be able to do it. And that's a bit of a worry for me. You know, it's, not a great, it's not a great product, though, is it? Let's face it. The, 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 I mean, they, they still well, be able to sell it all around the world, though, mate. No problem. Do you think? I mean, it's just... But that's just not football for me. Football without no. fans is... It's, mate, I'm, it's I'm, so I'm I don't agree with it, obviously. No, no. I clearly don't agree with it, but I have no. to say... That whilst I'm watching all the matches this season, I've almost—I yeah. I hate to say it—but I've almost forgotten about the lack of fans there because I've been really enjoying the football. Yeah, yeah, and I, I can't deny that. I, I cannot deny that. And but, I, but, but are you enjoying it because it's there, or and rather than it not being there, or are you enjoying it because you think because the quality of the football has been better? Well, I, well, I, 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 I mean, it, I a, can't. An Arsenal point of view and from a general Premier League point of view. Yeah, I, I, I think that the, the Premier League so far this year, this season, that there's only four games in, obviously, but I think it's been really, really entertaining. Well, that massive goal fest weekend, gee. Well, exactly. Yeah, you, you, you know, <laughs> was like, when it first restarted, uh, you know, well, obviously after the restart, um, it wasn't, it was weird. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't very good because you know, I don't think the players were used to it. We weren't used to it as viewers and fans. And I just thought it was a bit odd and it took a while. Um, but by the end of last season, I, th- I was I got so much more used to it. I think everyone had and, and the players. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think this season now again, I mean, I think the mini tournament of the Champions League and the Europa League, I think that was really entertaining where that was done. And then this season so far, I think the uh, Premier League has been highly entertaining. <laughs> I think yeah. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I I mean, play, don't I don't get it, me wrong. I'm not saying I want it to continue like that. But it's, it's not the same experience, is it? It's not no, the same no, experience no. you grew up with that you're used to. And I, I'm, not, I'm not 100% convinced that people are going to be, are going to be also convinced by the fact that there is still a product to sell because it isn't the product that everybody is used to. It isn't the product that everybody connects with so much. It, I mean, it's a human, it's a human thing, isn't it? Actually, go back to Arsene Wenger. You know, um, uh, one of the one of the sort of best uh, quotes that came come, came from his book and from some of the interviews that he's been doing as well in the, uh, in the newspaper and what have you uh, is that you know he tries to learn everything he can that teaches him to understand humans better yeah um, because today, yeah. it's it's ultimately a human game a human experience and 
<laughs> so I might bore you a little bit now. With uh, so when I was uh, when when I was back back at drama college, back in that would be nineteen ninety seven. Oh, I did a whole project. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Sorry, no, right, no, no, carry on. Mate, you'll be right. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> we, um, yeah, we, uh, my, myself and my mate, uh, we did a whole project, a uh, contextual inquiry project. It was called called Football versus Theatre, and uh, and kind of uh, investigating the sort of cultural connections, if you like, between theatre and football and there was they we found out that they had so much in common um you know they were essentially almost the same thing uh just just put in different forms you know and it could be argued that every um cultural uh, event if you like is is that it's the same thing but in different form um and the whole point of those of those events, of those experiences, is that it brings people together for a reason. So, I mean, back in the roots of, of theatre, I'll use theatre as an example, you know, it was, it was probably cavemen telling stories about how they, how they, what, what happened in the hunt that day, you know. Um, but the thing that was most important was that everyone was able to connect to it. And I think that going back to my original point, because I have meandered somewhat, going back to my original point is, yes, it's there. Yes, it's a product and it's packaged uh, in, in, in a certain way, in, in the way that it can only be packaged at the moment. But I think it is missing that connect, connectivity, if you like, or that connection that, that people feel with the sport Absolutely. And, 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 and the culture behind it as well, you know? You're not going to uh, get me disagreeing with anything, you know, about that at all. Yeah. I, I, my point is, uh, and I totally agree with everything that you just said, my worry is that the owners of the clubs who aren't um, born and bred and, you who know, aren't human. and died in the wall as fans won't, care about that yeah like i said they, they, they're getting by they're still making a decent uh income they have lost the atmosphere in the ground however they've lost also the um what can i how can i put it the uh problem of having the fans in the crowd as well and you know there's there's many you know with regards to well, the external noise yeah, yeah, and uh, the, the threat of um, being fined if some of their fans chant racist abuse. Um, Our fans generally don't do that, though, do they? No, no, of course oh, not. No, but yeah. you know, they, they, you know, it's 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 obviously something they they probably worry about. Oh God, you know, where am I, I'm going to get fined again? Blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to think. I'm just trying to be devil's advocate really and thinking yeah. you're from their point of view yeah 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 Yeah, we're a problem in some cases to have the fans there because they've got to organize the police they've got to organize all the students yeah. they've got to got to organize all the catering they've got to do everything and they've got mm. they can get rid of all that expense 
all the, the potential problems that fans can cause oh, and and just just put it all on a streaming service instead. Do you know what, what I mean? What is this dystopian nightmare you have just put before me? <laughs> do, you know what, do you know where I mean, though? That's a, I think it's I a do. genuine I, concern. I do, and I hate it. <laughs> I know. I, I do as well. I do. Oh, oh man. So oh, I let's am, hope it uh, never, ever gets to that. And if it does, you and me, we shall march down there, Odem Wingy style, <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, uh, no. Uh, what's his name? Michael, um, the one you know that film, Fallen, Falling Down, Falling Down. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go down that style. <laughs> if, if yes, yes, we, we will have to assess exactly what that situation needs should it come to it. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you, man. Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. I did some. Say that. Get some lit torches, you know, <laughs> some whittled spears, pitchforks, um, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, load up the boot with some shooters, yeah, and away we go. An angry so, yeah. mob, yeah. I mean, but, I, you know, they, they, again, if that does happen, I think that they will have just have a problem of, of angry mobs outside the stadium anyway. So, yeah, uh, let's hope it never ever comes to that because I, I really hope that if that's the way that football's going, then I'm gonna have to get into another another sport. I mean, what sport would you get into instead of? I mean, I quite like snooker, snooker's all right, but it's not very exciting, is it? I, like, I used to love snooker when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, don't get me I wrong. I watched it. I used, to, I used to stay up all hours watching the Yeah, the, my nan was an absolute fiend for staying up for the snooker, but she used to let me stay up and watch it as well, which was always good, you know? I would uh, be able to tell you half of the top ten now. I mean, I, I went on a, a week-long snooker holiday to the Bobby Charlton Soccer School when I was a kid. I won the holiday. Did you? I won the holiday in, there used to be a magazine called Pop Black. Yeah, yeah. And I entered the magazine in this competition and I won it. And I went, it was a week-long course um, and you were trained by John Parrott. No way! Seriously. <laughs> so I, uh, I trained a week, but the second day, and this is just me to a bloody T, I'll tell you. You know... Some people were born with a, you know, a silver spoon in their mouth, as they say. I was yeah. born with a wooden spoon up my ass. <laughs> this is what, the second day my okay. uh, my my hand got slammed in a car door on arrival at the venue, oh, and no. my my thing my little finger on my left hand was trapped, and it just literally just went black. You know, instantly I was in so much pain. Yeah. And you know, as you're playing snooker, obviously I'm right-handed. You have to put yeah. your left hand down flat, and I couldn't, I couldn't play properly the whole week because <laughs> my my little finger was absolute agony. It was it's broken. So anyway, that was the second day, but I managed to sort of get it strapped up and do as best I can. And then um, finally, you get to play John Parrot on the last day, and I'd, I'd had a really you know good time. Around that sort of time, I was about fourteen. 14 years old, I think, 15 maybe. And um, oh, we went, they took us to Man United as well at the time. They, it was Man United v Hamburg, and Kevin Keegan was playing for Hamburg. Oh, wow. Which no was way. mental. Yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, yeah, the last day you get to play John Parrott. So it was really exciting. And I broke off when it got to my frame. I broke off, and I, I got it 
the cue ball within two inches of the ball cushion. It's a really nice break. Mm-hmm. Um, he took one sort of more safety shot, got it right back up. I did my next safety shot, and it came to around just behind the the row of yellow, green, brown. And um, so I thought I was, I was fairly happy with that. It could have been better, but anyway, he potted this amazing long red, smashed into the reds, and proceeded to humiliate this little young kid who's his only chance to play John Parrott in a, in a oh. match. And he, he, he cleared up and got a break of 140 against me. I mate. thought that was... Oh, mate, I Bloody thought that was... Bloody scouted, mate. I thought that was ruthless. I thought that was really unfair. You know, I, I had two oh. shots. Two shots! That's all I did. Oh, oh, I think, you know, he was he was so impressed. He was so impressed with your break. He thought, well, if I if I give him anything else, mate, he's, he's probably going to wipe the floor with me, so... But I, I, I was I was gutted. I was so gutted. That's but, and, uh, I, uh, but around that sort of time, I was regularly getting, say, forty to fifty breaks. Uh, so I was quite. I was, good, half, huh? I was half decent, but uh, I haven't played for years now. I, I play pool. I used to have a pool team up until uh, fairly recently, and uh, I've had a run a pool team for years. But yeah. But no, I, I don't think I could get properly fully back into snooker. No, I can't think of any other sports I'd actually be into. I don't know my life would be over. No, perhaps we need to. Um, perhaps we need to invent one. I, I was just listening to uh, an, another podcast, actually, a superb podcast. I really, really enjoy it. I don't know if you listen to it at all. Blind Boy podcast. Blind um, Boys. The Blind Boy, yeah. Well, the Blind Boy. So Blind Boy is. Uh, that's the one you told me about the other week, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, it, so he was he was interviewing Graham Norton actually, and I thought I I, I really didn't think oh, I'll have a listen, see what it was like. It was so good, such a really really lovely mm. and kind of a Graham Norton, such a lovely chap. Like, I you really don't. I, I really don't think you get the extent of what a nice fella he is from from the telly because you think it's you know from the chat show and stuff and all all that kind of thing it's it's kind of all put on and blah 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 but he seemed really really quite genuine anyway uh, so they were talking about this 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 guy <laughs> and I I feel really uh, it was just that the idea of inventing a sport actually that made me think about it they were talking about this guy who bless him he had. I think he went on Dragon's Den and he'd invented this sport and it was absolutely convinced that this sport was going to, like he was living out, living out, out of his car yeah. and, and, you know, and, and basically had spent every, every penny that he'd had trying to get this sport off the ground and he's still there on Dragon's Den. It's just like, oh, dude, now's time to let go. You know, you need yeah. to let go. I don't know what the sport was, but it's, the, it's time to let oh. go. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> like, give God. up on your dream now. Do something else. Become an account clerk. You know, I've just do, seen do, that do Blind Boy. Blind Boy's out of the Rubber Bandits. That's right, yeah. The guy from the oh. Rubber Bandits, yeah. Oh, I love the Rubber Bandits. They're great, man, yeah. Oh, mate. I love their, their song. They're a good track. I love their song, Spastic Hawk. Yes, I know the one. That's so funny. And I, I want to I wanna beat up your dad, I think it's called as well. They've got, oh, they've I, got. I want to fight your dad. I want to fight your dad. I want to fight your dad. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. They are. Yeah, they're okay. really good. Very good. Okay. But I highly recommend that to to everyone that's listening to the podcast as well. Um, after you listen to this one, listen to that. It's really good. 
the Graham Norton one was especially good. So yeah, there we go. Yeah. Fantastic. I've got, I've got it on my uh, playlist now. But I think we'll just leave it there. Um, we'll just yeah. finally finish up. We touched on it earlier, but oh, finally yes. coming to the end of this horrible, horrible interlow. Um, and we've got Man City at the weekend. Now, we are quite lucky in the fact that I think they're going to be fairly shorthanded. Yeah. Um, how can you see it going? I'm fairly confident. I am. Um, yeah, if you'd have asked me this like six months ago, um, yeah, even six months ago, Arteta's been in charge six months now, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you'd have asked me six months ago, uh, I would, you know, I would have been, uh, no. Um, but I've got to say, I am very quietly confident that we could get something from the game. Uh, as you say, they're, they, they're a bit shorthanded. Um, I, I don't think we'll play party. No, if, we, I don't. if we can get Tierney on the field, if we can, uh, I mean, if I think he'll probably play the old three-four-three. Uh, I think that that's been quite successful against the bigger clubs. So if we can get Tierney on the field, uh, maybe Tierney, Tierney, Gabriel holding, or Tierney, Louise holding, perhaps um, a, a combination a bit like that. Perhaps Ainsley on the left, Hector on the right. Um, uh, yeah. Maybe El Nani and Sabios or Shaka and Sabios in midfield, um, and the three guys up front. I, I think we could get something uh, get something from it. I would like to see Pepe play. I think that Pepe would have a field day um, yeah, down the left hand side. Um, yeah, I, I think we could get something. I, I'm not sure, not entirely certain that we could win it, but we've we have already proven that we can beat them. So yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, one one. I think one one is is probably my realistic prediction, but I would like to see us win it. I think we can. I'm going to go for a two one win. Nice. Or maybe even two nil. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I'm really confident we're going to win. I really am. I just hope that everyone comes back safe and sound from this stupid international break, and yeah. I, I really hope that Tierney can play. But if not, I think it could be Gabrielle, Louise, and Holding at the back, yeah. and yeah. Maitland Niles on the on the left wing uh -huh. back role. Um, so I think we can cope. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm going for a win, definitely. Gabrielle's uh, a very special player, man, isn't he? He's he's really fit right on in there. Do you know what I was on um, Richard's podcast on Thursday? Uh huh. And um, he made a good shout that. Um, you know, he he said that because you always think that oh he Gabriel could be the new Sol Campbell and Party can be the new Vieira and <laughs> yeah. missing so it's a great window that we brought them both in really strengthening the spine. But he said to be fair, Gabriel reminds him more of Toure, Colo Toure as a player. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good. I think that's a good shout actually. Yeah, I yeah I'm with you absolutely hundred percent. Yeah, really, yeah, really, just really, really physical player. Yeah, um, you know, good on the ball too. Great awareness. Yeah, great player. Love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I think it's a good... Arsenal player of the month, eh? Yeah, well, he's bound to be. Yeah, I can see him just getting better and better. That's the great thing as well. Um, How old is he now? 22, 23? Um, he was 22 when we bought him. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Really, really good player. Really good. So, yeah, we'll leave it there. Um, so, thank before, you to everyone. Go, I just want to say, sorry, mate. 
before we go, um, I, I always do feel a little bit bad, actually, because every time I'm on the podcast, I'm not wearing any of my Arsenal shirts. I just need to explain to anyone that is watching that my Arsenal shirts are in storage at the moment, but I should be getting them back within the week. So next time you see me, I will be wearing an Arsenal shirt. You've got to pay the ransom. Also, we are, I believe, we're hoping to do that um, special on the mental health yeah. si- uh, subject on Sunday, uh, did you say? Sunday night, yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah. so keep posted on Twitter. We will put out the time uh, for that. I'm, I would imagine maybe about 8 o'clock. Um, we can do that off, offline, obviously, you have a discussion, but it'd be around that sort of time, Sunday evening. So um, keep eyes and ears pe- peeled for that. It should be a good one. And finally, yes, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And yep. once again, many, many apologies about the... Arsene Wenger interview. I have no idea why the sound didn't get broadcast. I will endeavour to do all I can to get it back up um, so you can listen at some point. And uh, please give us a like. Give us a subscribe if you haven't done so already as well. And uh, thank you for watching. Cheers Take all. care all. Take care Good all. Night. Bye-bye. Can anyone catch them, do you think? Uh, yes, of course. Yeah, unbelievable. We didn't expect that. Awesome.